0: Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Calarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed form of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Calarco.
1: Hello, this is Catherine Calarco. It is so great to be back with you again. This is exciting to restart our program and our episode today, we are talking about a very important subject, creating connections in a virtual world. And I'm joined today by the amazing Meryl Shaw. She's a leading performance and positive psychology coach and working with executives and leaders worldwide to help them tell their story and be able to create impact. And I think what's amazing about this is that we are living in a virtual world and now more than ever, we need to establish and sustain those key relationships, both for ourselves, for our community and our family and our, and our friends, and also for productivity at work and in the world around us. So, Meryl, thanks for joining us. It's fantastic to have you here. You know, one of the things we want to talk about first is maybe acknowledging what is happening now in the world. You know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. We're in the middle of uh, election time. We have climate change. There's a lot going on. So what is happening right now that's co- kind of creating the the need for this?
2: Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. And yes, I mean, we've all been plunged into a new way of being. All of our relationships have now become virtual. So, you know, and what does that mean? The other thing is there is such an assault of information coming our way about how to handle a pandemic, who do you trust, information just coming in from so many sources. And the news cycle just has us on high alert all the time. We're constantly in the fight or flight part of our brains. And so part (laughs) of it is just, you know, uh, learning how to cope with that, how to make the pivot from a lot of in-person interactions into 100 percent virtual interactions. So how to take care of yourself how to nurture your relationships and how to maintain and grow uh, your productivity, your business, your teams with all this going on. So it's a lot. And I think the first step is exactly what you said, acknowledging what's going on and realizing that everybody is going through it. And (laughs) And I find that when I'm coaching people, no matter how, um, professional, everyone's trying to be, I've found that I have to create space for what people are going through because in addition to sheltering in place and pivoting to this virtual world, a lot of people are dealing with a lot of outside stressors, personal stressors of their own. So, you know, I think the first step is just realizing that we're all in this together and we're all dealing with a lot of stress
1: yeah you know and i think it's it's uh, important to like you said acknowledge it and also realize that you know technology is in- enabling us to actually stay productive while this is all happening but it also creates some uh, additional anxiety you know that our our bodies and our our neurochemistry and our our brain is wired to get a lot of cues from being with people so we establish a huge a huge amount of information from being around people or being in a meeting and getting references and so the the perception of the environment around you is important and when you move that to a two-dimensional flat screen, it's very hard for people to recognize aspects of that, right? First of all, it's the you know the issue of the, your your brain trying to realize, hey, I see a small person and I'm not really sure what your size is and it's still trying to figure out, you know, depth perception. So having backgrounds that allowed you to see that your you to your relationship to the room or that how how your how big you are in relationship to where you're sitting is super important. And the other interesting piece of this is that um is that we can't interpret intent it's really hard in through text and some um, it- Communications via Zoom and things like that to really under- understand intent. So we often maybe sp- don't fill in the gaps mm-hmm. with our negative bias, you know. So we're we're constantly also not only dealing with externalities of what's happening, but also the internal stories that we're telling ourselves. And uh, you know, and 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 not only that, but we've merged work and home together. So we've got you know trying to manage home life and and work almost in the same in the same few few minutes so I think that's also compounding on on what's actually happening for us
2: absolutely and I think one of the pivots that I encourage people to take is to obviously acknowledge the grief and the stress but also look for opportunities to Create deeper connections even in this virtual world. So one of the things is you get to see where people live, for better or worse. And there's an, true. There, it that's actually creates an intimacy that you don't have when people are showing up at a workplace. Yeah, uh, that's true. And so you know you uh, uh, you might see a painting behind someone that spark some curiosity about them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in a way, you know, obviously you want to have a professional background. And I I give workshops to executives professionals, just finished one with a sales group, on how to convey professionalism on camera with this virtual world. But you also kind of want to keep the, the, the human touch. It's one of the ways we do bridge that gap yeah. virtually. I just yeah. found myself, by the way, looking in my camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the other tip the, that's, tell us about. <laughs> I know, and
2: that's one of the things is it's so hard the, how to balance really looking at the camera and imagining the people you're talking to through that lens but also taking moments to check in with people and seeing their faces. And one of the things is to really ask people to keep their cameras on, mm. to support one another and to give you a chance to uh,
1: check in and see what kind of nonverbal reactions you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And and to stay in the moment, in the conversation, right? Uh, it's it, And I think you kind of combine the two in the sense of uh, you've got the you have the personal life in the background. And I think that's very warm and engaging. And you've got to acknowledge that that's actually good. It's okay. People go, oh, sorry, you know, when their kids come in. But I, I think it's really important to say, hey, say hello, you know, or get to know them. Or, you know, we had a meeting this morning and um, for the first three minutes, everybody was showing everybody their dogs. You know, so, <laughs> so I think that's kind of fun because, you know, you need that chat. You need the acceptance of people's lives and and almost the appreciation of it to it's that this is it's okay don't and that I think opens up people to allow themselves um maybe they're not looking their best or maybe they haven't got a great background or whatever kind of allowing them to have the camera on even when it doesn't seem to be the best day you know that kind of thing and as well as if something goes awry and there's You know, uh, 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 things like garbage trucks or roofers or. (laughs) You know all, all the interesting background noises that occur. Or famous the car alarm, the car alarm, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, or or things like that, right? Or or the other things that go on when, like, uh, suddenly people's internet goes out. You know, and um, you just you, you almost in a way that becomes a way to get to know people and to be closer and to allow the that uh, intimacy to actually uh, strengthen the relationship. Absolutely,
2: you know, absolutely it allows people to become vulnerable. And when people are vulnerable, it opens up everyone hmm. and it levels the playing field. You know, we're all human. We all have these issues, you know, of some kind or another that we're dealing with at this right. moment.
1: Right. And do you think um do you think that people are becoming more willing to be vulnerable and accepting of that rather than seeing it as a weakness or something to use against you later? You know, do you see that there's an opportunity to actually be more human by actually um, understanding how people really are right now? Do you think that, that that there's an opportunity for that?
2: Well, absolutely. And it is one of those opportunities for us to explore here in pandemic world. Right. I can't answer that across the board because obviously the work culture will have a lot to do with how comfortable people feel revealing themselves. And in an ideal culture, there's there's space being made for that. And there's certainly a lot of major businesses and corporations that are modeling that.
1: Right. So, yeah yeah so and what are the key aspects of leaders that are um showing up during these times and how can managers make their individuals uh be more comfortable and then i'd love to talk a little bit about how how to cope you know from an individual point of view
2: right well i think that that leaders lead by doing and by being human themselves and revealing their home behind the camera and uh, allowing people into their imperfect worlds and making space for others and not expecting people to produce in the same way they did before and finding creative ways to maintain productivity. It may be that people are showing up at meetings, not perhaps at their best, but maybe they're getting their work done at 8 o'clock after the kids are finally in bed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it may be that there has to be more flexibility. So, I think the best leaders in times like these are ones who can see a variety of approaches to maintain staff motivation and to keep a culture
1: of productivity going at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And being a leader in the middle of this, you've there's also the how do you cope, or how do how do individuals cope during this time? You know, we talked about being aware of it. So now that you're aware and you're and you have an understanding of the culture and sort of the the what are the rules of the road in the new in the newer better normal now? Uh, how, what do what can individuals do to to cope? What's uh, some good techniques and 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 ways that you've seen uh, be effective during these times? Well,
2: positive psychology is a great resource for this.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
2: And going back to that assault of the news cycle and all the information, particularly in the n- next week or so with the election coming up, or at any time when there's s- s- additional stress out in the world, is just realize that all of that is activating your Sympathetic nervous system, which is basically activating your, what some people call the lizard brain, but it's the reactive brain. Mm -hmm. It's the fight or flight. It's the adrenaline. It's constantly being stimulated. And so one way to really compensate for that is to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And that is so easy to do. Hmm. Deep diaphragmatic breathing. So one of the things that I teach is inhaling slowly through your nose for a count of four, holding for two, and exhaling through your mouth for a count of seven. And the other part of this is as you're breathing, you can put your hands on your belly and make sure that your belly is expanding. And that is breathing into your diaphragm. When you breathe up in your chest and your shoulders, that is what your sympathetic nervous system will tell you to do. That you have to breathe fast to run away from the predator. Yes, and that's that's that system. Right. And uh, so, we, and you can also trigger that system just by breathing in that high, you know, fast way in your chest. Also, when you're when you're up in your chest and you're breathing through your chest, your voice kind of gets. Like this, and you also start triggering other people's sympathetic nervous system. So everybody is working from their limbic brain. And just by taking a really deep breath and speaking from your diaphragm, you calm yourself and even your speakers get calm. Mm -hmm. Just as a quick Fun anecdote. I was a stage manager, professional stage manager in theater for 15 years. And my crews used to say they could tell the severity of a crisis by how deep my voice went. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I do when something went awry was to take a couple of deep breaths and then speak from that voice to calm, to calm myself first. Yeah. So that's the idea is that doing that breathing does calm you down and grounds you and puts it sort of turns your thinking from your limbic brain to your prefrontal cortex cortex you're actually
1: thinking rationally again right and you can actually change your physiology very quickly by doing six or seven breaths like that and you immediately reset your system Um, And I wonder how many of you out there tried this while we were listening to the the, uh, episode. You know, did you find yourself paying attention to your breathing? Did you drop into that sort of slower, deeper breathing that allows you to deep breathe from your um, diaphragm? And also what's important is that long exhale. The exhale signals your system to relax. It actually tells you you're safe. And so it's one of the key things that I do before and often after a meeting to reset my system, to actually keep building resilience during the day so that you have that energy and you can reframe yourself for the next meeting or you can actually set yourself up to enjoy a a moment and, and feel joy during the day, even though there's a lot of chaos and stress that's going on, it sort of helps you reset your system. So and it's so you think about it, it's like, well yeah, of course I know how to breathe, right <laughs> I think it's you've got to almost remind yourself to be aware of when your breathing gets quick, when you actually are become uh, a little fatigued or you're just feeling off and you can just take a two to five minutes and just do that breathing exercise of four seconds in, hold for two, and seven seconds out and just, just see how it makes a difference, you know, find time during the day to actually uh, breathe that pattern and uh, see if it does change the way you feel during the day or or how um, more energized you are in the afternoon or or evening.
2: Absolutely, And, and an additional thing you can do while you're doing this breathing is actually visualize nourishment coming in Mm. and letting go of tension and stress as you exhale. Mm. Some people visualize an ocean and the waves, but whatever gets, but I, it's you're absolutely right, Katherine, that the exhale is essential. That you really just breathe it all out and you right. get rid of that tension and then you breathe in nourishment. In fact, uh, um, inspiration the word inspiration the base of that word is inspire
1: Hmm. which
2: comes from the greek which means to breathe
1: and that is my phone
2: (laughs) 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 to repeat myself (laughs) isn't that funny (laughs) uh in in the the word inspiration comes from the greek uh Inspire, which means to breathe. So you're breathing in inspiration and you're letting go of things that aren't working for you.
1: I love that, you know, because that's a uh, the the opportunity to realize that your inspiration is inspiring you, you know, just that that sort of positive universe, you know, the the universe is giving you something, you know, for that moment. I I think that's fantastic, and it and and uh, to add to that, one of the things that often is important, and people find that this is maybe challenging, is to the power of gratitude the power of feeling grateful or feeling a time where you felt true care or a positive emotion or a place that you love that, that just finding things to feel grateful for. And I remember when uh, the this shelter in place first started here in California and the, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a social person. I like to be around people. And I like to do things. And, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I had to find things that would bring me joy. And so I, took a photo safari with my phone in my backyard (laughs) And, and you know, I just, the simple things to find joy, like, wow, that flower is amazingly beautiful. And, and it just, just shifts your mood just makes you feel like wow it's amazing how beautiful the world is or I I know a lot of people reported this but how you could hear the bird song it seemed like there was more bird songs in the morning or you could actually hear more birds in the region so I think looking for those simple things that that bring you joy but also things that help um, or ways of being able to feel gratitude do you want to talk a little bit about that you know the power of gratitude
2: I love talking about gratitude. <laughs> I know. It makes you feel better just talking about it. <laughs> it's a superpower. Right. Expressing gratitude actually changes the chemistry Sometimes in I your I brain. Yes. So I, I love it and you know it's just throughout the day to think about, wow, I you know, for me, in fact, bird song, I love the birds in my neighborhood. They have the prettiest bird song. But finding things that you are grateful for. I'm, you know, are you grateful for having a home during the shelter in place, for having uh, uh, good friends or anything that, you know, when you make a great meal, which so many of us are now really extending our cooking, it, you know, just to really think about how wonderful that tastes and savoring moments is part of gratitude. And that is another thing that we can stop and do more of during this time.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I think there there are a lot of little thing, little things, big things. You know, people in your life that you feel grateful for. So um, when you are in a, a overwhelm, when you're dealing with this many uncertainties, or the there's that seems like there's never a resolution. You know, uh, if you. What are some of the tips that you have to help you find something to feel grateful for?
2: Well, you know, part of this is really widening your observational skills and really looking around. And in fact, I wanted to mention that too, that being in nature is another way to trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. And you could even while you're at your computer in a meeting, if you know, unless it's really rude to not be looking in the camera or whatever, look outside if you have an outside to um, to look at mm-hmm. and making nature part of your nourishment as you're breathing in and just being out in nature as much as possible
1: and um, To compensate for all the time we are spending on our computers. Well, you know, um, I'm just, we're going to cover that. I realize that we need to go to a break and um, which is like, we're just going to, we're going to come back and we're going to share a little bit more on some of these, you know, individual techniques and tips on how to actually cope uh, through these kind of situations to create and sustain relationships and connections. So this is Catherine Calarco on A Humanity Evolve. We'll be back after these breaks and these important messages. Uh, and joining with uh, Meryl Shaw to continue our conversation.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. the bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency Podcasts. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into one 866 472-5790. Again, that's one 472 5790 Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve.
1: Hey, hello everybody! Welcome back. It's great to be back again with Meryl Shaw. We're going to continue our conversation. Before the break, we were talking about how do individuals cope during these times, and the importance of breathing exercises and feeling gratitude. And one of the other um, aspects we were talking about during the break was reaching out. I mean, how do you sustain relationships during uh, a you know virtual a virtual world? And so. Meryl, what are some of the key things about reaching out and what does that mean? And how do you actually, you know, sustain those relationships when you can't necessarily be in person like you used to? Well, we we did talk a little bit about, you know, acknowledging
2: everyone's humanity and that we're all going through this. And that it's sometimes hard in a text or an email or sometimes even in a Zoom meeting yeah. Really determine how people are doing, whether what you're talking about is really landing right, or if you're hearing them correctly. So I think taking extra care to double check the old, well, what I think you're talking about is this. Am yeah. I right about that? So right. as elementary as it seems to double check communication rather than making assumptions or taking umbrage at the tone of an email that was unintended.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's so important to actually, and, and engage with a curious tone, a curious mind, like, wait, I didn't quite understand that. Could you explain a little bit more about why you said this or, were you, uh, you know, uh, this is the way I may have interpreted, you know, just sort of if you started off a, as a discovery or as a curious question with an open mind, uh, open tone, then you actually start to understand what's going on rather than I didn't like the tone of that email, you know, and then you're suddenly making it worse. Right. So I think I, I, I do hear I do think that's important. And I've seen people do that quite a lot, like they'll even chat while they're on Zoom going, are you OK or? what did you mean by that? Or, you know, you're, they're almost having asynchronous conversations just to check in with each other <laughs> or they team chat or they call each other afterwards or something like that. So, um, so you feel that that's a very strong, important thing during uh, virtual world is to check the, the, what your what the interpretation of what is coming across or check in with people to see how they're doing. Absolutely. Filling in the gaps mm.
2: that, exist because we aren't in the same room together and we're not getting the nonverbal cues and we're yeah. also not getting the warmth and interaction of being in a room with a person something we're all so starved for right now right, right. yeah and yeah just understanding what's missing and how to fill in the gap and sometimes just as you said it's Picking up a phone and having a phone conversation, getting off the camera, yeah. and just having a phone conversation, which is a little warmer in some ways, even though you're not seeing their their home or from wherever they're doing their Zoom, it's yeah. still sometimes you know going back to a m-
1: more elemental technology. Yeah, something closer to being in person and picking up the phone rather than constantly texting each other because the text can't convey emotion. And actually, to be honest, one of the advice we were getting was to use more emojis to actually express intent. If you're going to deal with a, a text-based world is actually include a Uh, a sign that indicates your intent you know is this a joke we'll put a little smiley face or you know thumbs up or it might seem goofy but it actually helps to express what the intent of the message is and you know um, i I find that uh, now with the different aspects opening up I mean we're not as uh, I used to live in New Zealand, so I look at New Zealand, and I'm a little envious of the fact that they, <laughs> they they're completely open within their own little world. They they don't uh, they don't have it uh, outbreak down there. So they're uh, sort of uh, lovely to see my friends on Facebook and see them together. Um, and, and here it, it's starting to open up and people are social distancing and wearing masks and creating pods and, uh, you know, support structure within that, you know, even like our family has created a, a small group of us actually are getting together on a regular basis. And we, um, you know, we take care to assure that we're healthy and, and we're um, safe with each other, et cetera. And the the there's you know just being just being careful like wearing a mask really matters, you know, but you can wear a mask and still see somebody you know so um just ways of staying safe and also uh connected and and being um mindful of uh what you're how you're engaging with people and the way that it's working and you know they they opened up all the restaurants outside downtown, and it was. I I drove through it and it was so lovely. It was, it was like, Oh wow. It's vibrant. It looks so pretty with all the lights and people were sitting outside. It looked like a, it was just fantastic. And I thought, Oh, this really does give hope. You know, there's like a, uh, and, and people seem to be enjoying themselves and, you know, we're still managing to stay safe. And so I think that, you know, realizing how, how are we going to create more of that human connection in, in, Irregardless of or regardless of what's happening, how can we actually assure that we're nurturing each by being together or by talking with each other and staying uh, connected to keep those relationships going? Uh, because you the, you have to put work into it, or you have to uh, keep keep that going so that the relationship uh, continues to strengthen. Absolutely, and I loved what
2: you said about curiosity and maintaining that curious mind with people but absolutely to do as much socializing as you can and you know if that means backyard gatherings where everyone's you know staying six feet apart or having uh i've had several zoom dinners um right. with with friends and family and that is just wonderful where everyone's just eating, like what is you, what are you eating and How did you make that? You know, and and like a a child can bring their latest, you know, painting that they did uh, so that you do feel like you're staying in touch with family and friends and co-workers on a social level Mm. in whatever way you can. But it's true. Seeing people sitting outdoors and eating is such a boon to our spirits. Like, oh, there will be life, you know, after this and even more (laughs) life during this, you know, as And, you know who knows what's going on wherever the, your listeners are right now yeah uh, it and, may be a very open situation or it may be a very sheltered in place situation so obviously you need to couch this in whatever
1: framework you have mm-hmm and you talk you you we talk a, lo- a lot about communication and it's one of the things you really focus on with your when you're coaching executives in terms of them being able to uh, create impact or being able to communicate in times where there are uh, high-risk environments or where it's strategically important, some of the uh, I, essences of what you're training them or what you teach them, without get, obviously, in the time that we've got, what are key aspects of being able to um, create impact, be clear about your communication, especially when it matters most or when it's in this kind of a challenging environment?
2: Well, for leaders to lead by example,
1: Mm. by taking those
2: deep breaths and speaking, you know, from that voice and going down a little bit, just slowing down your speech and making space for people Making space for people who have been on Zoom all day or been mm-hmm. on their computers all day, and making sure that you give breaks, that you begin and end meetings on time so people don't feel they're wasting time waiting for a meeting to begin or they had arranged something, you know, like you take care of the kids for this amount of time in some other room. And then whoever is doing that is counting the minutes, (laughs) Um, you know, just to be respectful of people's time because they're not in a work environment all day long where you can pop into their office. Mm -hmm. People are juggling a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So just be, you know, just that, just leading by example, by taking precautions correctly, if you're, you know, seeing people in person, to be wearing a mask at all times to be thoughtful of people who are dealing with a lot of challenges but also to really inspire your team to step up into this and pivot into it and lean into it and not to use these obstacles to slow you down but rather to use them as opportunities to work in a different way. So, you know, yeah. I was just talking with, you know, a, a sales group who used to always be traveling around, meeting with people in person. And now they're pitching to CEOs on Zoom mm. and just always to maintain that human connection. So in a way that I think is a gift of this time mm-hmm. is being deprived of human connection has made us all much more aware of how much we need it.
1: Right. And, and so, take, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. They, uh, you know, f- f- to finish your thought, I'd also like to understand a little bit more on how they actually create that connection when they go from selling in person to selling via Zoom or creating a relationship via Zoom or enabling a business transaction or a partnership. You know, what are the key aspects of that, you know, the transition and also the means to actually do that now that they're in a virtual world? Well,
2: part of it, and this is probably going to surprise you, is to really show up as if you're at work. You know, don't be sitting on a couch leaning back, but really to be, you know, sitting up using your posture you know and making sure that your shoulders are back and not slouching the same things you do to express warmth and power in any situation really as i said earlier connecting with a camera and just imagining a friend right behind you mm. and some warm presence that you're speaking to right and then taking time to check in as we mentioned before and and Looking at the people who you're speaking with and because you're not getting the nonverbal cues in person, making space to check in and see what they're feeling, what they're hearing,
1: what they need to hear more of. Mm. And I do think it is important to realize that there is like almost imagine you're together together. And you had talked a lot about looking in the camera as if you're looking at them, so you're actually engaging them with your eyes and you're actually talking with them, right? And and being aware of the room, you know, pausing for a moment and, and checking in with people and, uh, you know, really being aware of them, but also uh, aware of how you are engaging with them. And I I also think people know when you're being authentic. You know, they can feel it and they can hear it. And so I think it's really important to speak with an authentic voice. And I like the idea that you were talking about, about slowing down, about uh, checking in, um, you know, being – acting as if you are in a – in-person meeting i think those are really good uh, elements to actually assure that you're you're establishing a relationship and you're building rapport and and, and eventually what's the most important thing there is to build trust because in this environment, people will be looking for those they trust and the, that are going to have their back and move them forward. So we're going to talk more about that. We're going to kind of dive a little bit more on how to build productivity and, and really uh, drive value in this time, both for yourself and also for your business. Um, I, this is Catherine Calarco, and I'm joined with Meryl Shaw on Humanity Evolve, and we'll be right back after these messages. Thank you so much.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. Again, that's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety, or you may send an email to info at c Now back to humanity evolve.
1: Hello, it's Catherine, when we're back again. Welcome back to our conversation around how to create human connection in a virtual world. And Meryl and I were just briefly talking before the break about uh, building uh, communication and what it's like to actually uh, move from a, a in-person sales environment to a to a a virtual sales environment and how the, you know, building rapport and everything is, is important in terms of that trust and uh, companies and individuals are going to buy from people that they trust and feel have their back and can carry them through this crisis. And, you know, uh, Meryl, this all seems like really simple, obvious things. Like, of course, this is what we we already know this, right? Um, why is it important to go back to these basics now? Because everything is exaggerated on screen.
2: Mm. And the Simple, obvious things become more important. Right. So, simply taking a little more time in your speaking, particularly when you're giving a presentation, to let the listeners digest a thought before you go on. I don't mean pausing at the end of every sentence, but driving through to the end of a thought because remember, not only are you as a speaker not seeing those nonverbal cues from your audience about, you know, are they getting this, you know, and is this all landing?
1: Mm-hmm. They're
2: not getting their nonverbal cues from you either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just this talking this head on the screen. Right. So you really have to accentuate with your voice and just your face, what it is you're trying to convey because they're getting fewer cues, right? visual right. cues and nonverbal cues. So, you know, to check in with them, as we've said before, and not assume that everyone is, is tagging along. Again, people are dealing with many more distractions than they have been in the past. So just to check in with people and not sort of barrel through what you want to talk about and then wait till the end and then say, any questions? Right.
1: (laughs) And they're still they're still digesting the first 10 minutes of what you were saying.
2: (laughs) And I think, you know, everyone needs to everyone who wants to really have a professional demeanor or, you know, have their persuasive skills at their best. You want to optimize your workstation with your camera. You know, you don't want your camera looking up at you. You need to deal with some lighting that compensates for, you know, lighting from the side so that you're illuminated correctly and warmly. So it really does take some technical shift in your workspace, unless Mm. you're used to doing professional video work, to up your game so that you do look And that's another way that people connect emotionally is if they can really see your face and half of your face isn't in shadow because you're sitting with a window on your side and you don't have a key light coming from the other side.
1: Mm.
2: So it seems very technical, but it makes a huge difference in allowing people to see you and hear you well.
1: Mm.
2: So that's the other thing is to make sure that your audio is also at a professional level if you want to make that kind of impression.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting. It's actually, you know, when you're there in person, you don't worry about it because you can, you're seen or you, you're you're showing up in your business attire and you're, you know, handshaking and you're warm and, you know, conversing and connecting with people. So you have to almost replicate that environment is what I'm hearing you say is make sure people can see your face. So you're well lit, you know, and, and they actually can understand your, uh, see as much as they can of your emotion or you can translate that. Um, microphone audio is really good. So people aren't trying to figure out what you're saying and you're missing every word. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, almost being able to bring yourself into the meeting by, uh, leveraging the technology that's available now to allow your best self to show forward and them being able to, to receive that and, and vice versa.
2: Absolutely. And you can help yourself simply by upping your game uh, with the technology that you're using and have a friend take a look at you and like, okay, I put this light here and I put that light here. How does that look? How does your background look? Is that pile of papers on the table behind you needing to go away? Uh, or maybe you want to leave it and look really busy, uh, <laughs> but to be, to to be aware, be aware. Of, <laughs> yeah. be aware of what your camera's eye is showing yeah. your audience.
1: One of my favorite photos was the woman who was doing a Zoom meeting, and she, um, they had the first shot was her, a scene by someone who was watching the video, and she looked very professional, professional background, and camera was at eyesight, and it was just really lovely. And then a, her husband had taken a photo of her sitting in that room, and she's in a small chair with a laptop on another chair on a table, surrounded by children's children's toys, <laughs> sitting in front of a couch, You know. And I think we've all become like you know this is the movie business we've all we're all creating this sort of this environment to, to operate business within, um, in the middle of uh, you know the, the the everyday mess of our lives <laughs> you know and I, and I think that's charming you know it's it's kind of uh, was it was fun to see you know and charming is a
2: great word for it and I want to acknowledge that it sounds like we're. Talking across purposes here of really showing up professionally and getting the technology that you're using, you know, to up your game with that. Yeah. But at the same time, allow the humanity of, you know, a child walks in in the middle, the car alarm goes off. That, you know, in fact, that just position of trying to be our best yeah. and then having it impaired by, by reality is really um, disarming and charming. And again, creates that human connection. Right. Right. And not to worry about just to, to know that, Oh, I've I've let my humanity show.
1: Yeah, right. You know, let me take care of this one moment, or, or just say hello to everybody. You know, and <laughs> I, it's, the, the and I think that actually creates connection. I mean, we were um, at the beginning of meetings uh, often is important to actually chit chat or share stories or find out the latest news, and that's also creates relationships and. Another way is to actually use all all forms of conf, uh, of of connection. You know, like you can use the social chat to sort of have those informal conversations, or pick up the phone and instead of being able to talk next to the water cooler at lunch, find times that you could connect with each other and just have a, what you'd have a hallway conversation about that's unstructured and and uh, allows you to stay connected and check in with people. So, um, yeah, I think there is that duality of um, you know, of uh, trying to create the things that worked well when we were actually together. Um, and, and now it's more virtual and, and it will, it may be that way for a lot of people in the United States for a long time because of the current situations and we need, and some people are happy about that. They want to stay virtual and the work may never cha- may never be the same. I mean, we're in the, we're in the software, um, in, we're in intelligent automation, which is software robots and software bots help people to uh, automate mundane tasks associated with their work so that they can actually do things that uh, humans are best at, You know, solving problems, being creative, um, connecting with people, uh, making judgment calls and, and, and things like that, right? And doing complex problems. And especially in life sciences, which is uh, in the core of, in the middle of the pandemic, which is trying to drive uh, interventions, assure medical supplies, and and find the vaccine and, and therapeutics that actually can address the situation and really be prepared as an agile industry because this there are going to be other crises that arise. And so how can we as humanity be um, more prepared for this, uh, these types of uh, situations, and how can we create more capacity within our organizations or within our lives to actually address them and be and and be build more resilience into ourselves and into our businesses. And I think that's a it, that is one of the challenges and also the amazing opportunities that we're faced with. And I believe that all of us have a part in that. And I know I'm kind of moving um, into merging all of these together, but how you show up and your ability to, uh, uh be a positive change in the world or accept who you are and realize that, hey, this is tough, I need a break or reach out and get help and, you know, take advantage of a lot of the services that are available or call a friend or, you know, do a social distancing dinner out or you know, um, try to figure out how to move to New Zealand. <laughs> so you know, things, <laughs> things, <laughs> things that you can do. You know, um, lead. You know, lead your own life and uh, and allow yourself to be more human. Because I think now we all need each other to be the change we want to see in the world and show up for each other. And you will make a big difference. You know, the way you show up will influence the people around you, even in a virtual world, and also. To enable that is to care for yourself during this time, find ways to take care. I mean, Meryl talked about gratitude and the breathing and, you know, giving space to others and and uh, checking in and uh, being able to create more uh, validation conversations, you know, or inquiries or discovery calls all of these elements add up to mastering a new way of of being and uh and getting the superpower of gratitude as a as a uh, a way you can operate and uh and move forward and with more ease and less anxiety and uh i, I Meryl talks about this as a uh um She mentioned the story arc, and I'd love you to tell what that means in the in the world today for us. You know why why is the arc of a story similar to what we're dealing with now and and what are the means that mindfulness help us to actually uh, be able to resolve and and know that this will not last forever?
2: Well, you're right. It's one of my favorite topics <laughs> uh, narrative. And, you know, the the arc of narrative comes from actually back to ancient Greek theater. And uh, Aristotle actually wrote about this in the poetics. Right. But that and it's hardwired into the human psyche that we want a narrative that follows an arc that has a beginning, a middle and an end. Yes. And we're stuck in the middle. (laughs) Two, several songs, but we are stuck in act two, which is the moment of crisis. So act one is introducing the characters, the background. Act two is where some crisis occurs. Right. And then act three is the denouement or the completion or, you know, it sometimes it's uh, the lovers riding off into the sunset. And sometimes, uh, like Hamlet, it ends up with dead bodies strewn all over the stage. And so we don't know how this is going to turn out. We're stuck in act two, all of us. And so that create and it is supposed to create tension. That's how a, a good player movie is structured, that there's tension and we're stuck there. We don't know what the ending is. And there are so many things that make us breathless. So one thing we can do, is, A, we acknowledge that that's what's going on. We're not going to know how it's going to end for a while. And B B is filter the incoming. Mm. You don't have to watch the news all the time or every day. I know people who have their TVs on all day long with the news, whatever, you know, Wherever they are on the spectrum, politically or neutral, yeah. they're you taking know, in all this news.
1: Yeah, and it, it it's part of that is, um, I know we're going to run out of time, so I've got to uh, close briefly uh, very soon. But I, one of the touches on this is that if we don't know how it's going to end, we have to actually manifest the ability to let go of that outcome. And part of that is learning to be mindful and uh, also find ways of closure, like my sister redid her tabletop, or, or there are ways of actually having stories in your life that do resolve, right? And, and seeing the resolution of that and also acknowledging that this is not going to last forever, that we are not, this is going to change. There are going to be resolutions. There are ways to actually release that and and be able to know that the story is going to have an ending and you're part of creating that ending. You know, um, it, it, does that kind of resonate? And then I've got a, an action item for everybody um, before we leave. We've only got about a minute and a half, so. Well, I
2: think yes to everything you said. And the one thing I would add to that is Maintaining a curious yeah, outlook. Right. And, you know, and that just how could this end? What what can I do to help? And but I also think being comfortable with not having yeah. closure. Uh, and I think people in their personal lives are looking for little tasks that they can finish. Right. To get they that coach, master. To Get that gratification of uh-huh. finishing something. <laughs> finish in, the story. in small ways. It is like a little narrative of a project you started has a beginning, middle and end. Absolutely. Find things you can create that narrative with and have an outcome, like making a meal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, so one of the things we're going to end with so that you've got a way to finish the, this narrative of this session that you've spent with us is to realize that everyone is needed right now, that you have a light within yourself that the world needs now more than ever. And we want you to take steps that you can understand. So and do right now. So is there something from this session, one thing that you can do in your relationship or your work life? I ask you to write it down and just spend a little time doing that today or tomorrow and, and, and record the fact that you were able to close the story on a high note and you were able to uh, r- learn something new and take a step forward and be that positive change you want to see in the world. So it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show, Meryl. I always value your insight, your positivity, your encouragement, and your support. You're the kind of person our world needs right now, and we're very lucky for you to be in it. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Humanity Evolve. I am Catherine Calarco, your host. Please join us next week for another interesting conversation where we'll dive into more technology and humanity issues and opportunities to both grow yourself, the community around you, your business, and the world. Thank you so much for the time. See you soon. thank
0: you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolved. Be sure to tune in again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again then.